Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 344. This is your guide to Geek Side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Woo! I was giving a thumbs to my shirt. This is the uh, crest of the Dragon Snakes, which is the X-Wing squadron that I started for Star Wars. I actually did a couple of photos yesterday uh, with a friend of mine who's also in the club who suited up, so I'm a little excited about it. So, Dragon Snakes, that was the thing on Dagobah that swallowed R2-D2 and then spat him out. It's Dragon Snake. There's your, there's your Star Wars minute. Dragon Snakes. It's like combining uh, dinosaur lizards. Uh, robot lizards, yeah, yeah, things that people think that are gross. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's what's going on. It's been an interesting week. Uh, I'm not going to go into it because Todd and I spent a half an hour in the pre-roll to, uh, catching up on all the kind of crappy things that have been going on in my life. Uh, so it's it, you know what, it's good to have friends. So I'm grateful. Thank you, Todd and I. We've been friends for 25 years, uh, which ironically enough, the um, comic book cover we have this week. Uh, which is Daredevil, uh, Volume 1, 344, came out the very month, or was dated at least the month that Todd and I met in September of 1995. Todd, do you remember those salad days? Oh, they were pretty bad. I was just coming, my, I was just coming out of field training from, the, from right. Air Force ROTC, spent right. four weeks in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. In the um, summer. <laughs> yep, the summer. Didn't get to see uh, Batman forever right. i was so sad i'm like i want to see that movie well, it was like the that, return to grace wasn't it on the campus channel that fall i swear that it was it potentially was yeah, yeah. it was that was a weird summer i got injured um it, when i was in field training it just was not the best summer in the world uh, it wasn't yeah. the summer of todd thankfully that, that was, was that the was, next that summer 96 yeah i spent that summer i was working for my dad when he still had the retail store i had my first car which my dad bought, and then after I went back to school, he sold it. But it was a it was a seventy seven Buick Regal, which meant it was a year younger than me. Total piece of junk, uh, broke down on me a couple of different times. Um, but no, I was working in the camera store and doing shoots with my dad, and um, coming back to Grand Rapids every. And my dad living in Detroit, I live in Grand Rapids, which is about two and a half hours apart. So yeah, I was just I was and I was nineteen. Uh, it was after my freshman year, and yeah, everything changed uh, when I met uh, Todd and his crew. Uh, there in uh, third floor west, uh, Holden Hall there in 95. Todd introduced me. We were watching reruns of Welcome Back, Cotter on Nick at Night. Todd introduced me to a weird little comic book called Milk and Cheese. I mean, there was just the genesis of our friendship all happened within the time period of this weird comic, which just does not, this is, does not paint a pretty picture. There's no doubt. No, no, this is interesting. So Marvel was in a tough state. I think they were pre-bankruptcy before they because they had bought toy biz they did all these weird things and eventually they went into bankruptcy it was a weird time the comics were kind of at our creative nadir this is before yeah. marvels came out i believe um no and, no, no, no this this was after marvels but it was oh pre, it was it was pre on okay gotcha gotcha so this one's called and they basically decided they wanted to do some really edgy things so of course what they do on the nose they made a line called marvel edge and Gotta this one it. says, Over the Edge, Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, 344, which I think then this title 
finally wrapped up around 350 and I think it launched another run. But right. basically, you've got a picture of the original Daredevil costume, the yellow and red. Uh, he's perching over the grave of Matt, Matt Murdock. So I don't know what was going on in the storyline, but maybe there was a evil ghost inhabiting Daredevil at the time. Could but it be. was some weird times. There was Daredevil armor at the time. They tried to do some interesting things, but man, it was... Most of those characters were on hard times, right, big both time. in reality and in the page. Well, and, and and especially those who, you know, those who got rebooted in the whole, you know, Marvel, uh, the Marvel's Mar- uh, Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return. Those, I think, kind of took an uptick, but you still had a lot of suffering with Spider-Man, for example, because this was in the middle of the Clone Saga. Then we got Ben Riley Spider-Man. Uh, that was not great. Uh, that kind of wrapped up probably within a couple of years. And then Spider-Man saw a little bit more of a renaissance in the early 2000s, not only with Amazing Spider-Man, but certainly with the Ultimate Spider-Man, which was a, you know, a revolution in, in rebooting the character, albeit in a separate you know universe timeline, which is all the rage these days. Um, but yeah, the, the late 90s were super tough on Marvel. I can't think of any one character or group of titles that was doing good. I can't. Well, the the Avengers finally did better after Heroes Reborn. The X-Men had some really good runs. Um, And I will say uh, with Daredevil, though, we had to wait until Marvel Knights. That lineup changed. And uh, we had actual uh, Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada created Daredevil. uh, That really cool, like, just run. And it was really just a creative impact where Joe Quesada really started really driving a lot of the creative decisions at Marvel and really moved that company in a completely different way. We had then what uh, Avengers assemble uh, disassembled and all these things that really drove Marvel in the late nineties, early 2000, maybe early. That's where it changed. But I think Marvel Knights is really that creative hit that just said, we're going to be a different Marvel. And I think it's also around the time of like, a Spider-Man was it um, the uh, ultimate line also came out exactly. too. Yes. Yeah. So it, it was, there was, this was the dark before the dawn right. era yeah, of Marvel. This was the, this was the driving in the ditch before you swung back up on the road. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. I did not read a lot of daredevil at the time. So, but daredevil is a classic character, a lot of great runs uh, with yep. Frank Miller, Electra saga, all those things. And yeah, he basically then, Kind of just got 90 90s. Yeah. Ouch. You <laughs> Is that been a term? 90, you bet. Why? Sure. Why not? Um, but speaking of things that are 90, uh, I really feeling like it's probably time for us to swing down to the co- uh, corner of Hollywood and Vine uh, and chat with our favorite set sectogenarian. I'm always trying to remember this when you when somebody's of that age bracket. Somebody's in their 80s or 90s. But regardless, whatever you want to call her, our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb, for Madam Webb's Rumors and News. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb, I want to say congratulations. You've been promoted by AARP. Now you're in the AA. AA, AARP? Yes. What's the (laughs) The Advanced American Association for Retired People? So I don't think you're retired anymore. So it's like when you go to print something, or you're trying to indicate you, you ch- click the advanced features. That's where she's at. Just she's like her. a platinum member. Yeah, she's like beyond retired. I mean, she's she's ultra retired. Beyond Thunderdome. There you go. Good stuff. Woo! 
Yes. So this week, Charlie, oh my goodness, we've got some interesting stories. So I'm going to kick off the first one. Uh, this is video game related, but it's also uh, movie related. Okay. And you, you, you get a pass. And, and my son, when I saw him yesterday, was fired up to tell me about this. So I am I am all in on this story. So go for it. Yeah. So in the middle of a Nintendo Direct where they talk about all the video game stuff, uh, the creator of Mario, Shigeru Miyamoto, says, hey, I've got some news for you. And we're like, what is this? Well, they've this? been in partnership with, uh, I believe, Universal, Illumination Studio, who makes the Minions movies, to make a Mario movie. This movie has been, like, off. Nobody knows what's happening. We're like, is this really going to happen? The last Mario movie was not so great with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and ago, uh, yeah. Dennis Hopper. Just really weird movie. The, the history of that movie is so crazy. It's in console. It's, it's crazy. It's so much fun. But... The fact that Mario, uh, that Nintendo is finally moving forward with this, they they did have Detective Pikachu, which did well at the box office. So I enjoyed much it. Fun. So much yeah. fun. So much fun. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think now people are feeling like video games can be taken seriously and be put on the screen. So we are getting the Mario movie, and what we got was not a trailer, nothing more, no like images, but we got the cast announcement. And this is where it, the I will say I will say the Twitterverse is going a little bit ape crazy at this point. And I think they're being a little hard because not surprising with Nintendo. Nintendo is a weird company. The fact that link has never spoken a word. All he does is go ah! like voice acting at its worst. Mario says like five phrases. He's never said a coherent sentence. What's over here? Oh, it's me. I'm Mario. That, that gives, that gives, uh, you know, Chris Pratt like half a day of work. And then he's like, I'm done. Give me the $90 million, whatever the hell it is they're paying him for this. Absolutely. So, yes, as Charlie said, Chris Pratt is going to be the famous plumber. I, I, we buried the lead. That's my fault. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So they, so the casting is a little bit odd. But then Chris Pratt was on Twitter and says, there will be a Mario voice. It won't just be, hi, I'm Chris Pratt, also Mario. I mean, it's <laughs> – and Mario is – I mean, his voice for her, he's like the biggest Italian stereotype you ever had. Uh, Mamma mia. I mean, come on. But guys, are you <laughs> exactly? So, um, <laughs> it just reminds me of the 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 leprechaun from The Simpsons, like an Irish stereotype. It's same thing. It's like, okay, we don't need that anymore. Todd, wait a second. Remember my favorite Irish? And again, I'm Irish, so I get to say this because I'm Irish or I'm of Irish descent. Uh, my favorite one: uh, Pat Oswald, Patio Cripley. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We gotta love these. So yeah, <laughs> so Chris Pratt is gonna be Mario. Charlie Day. The craziest casting, Luigi. Right. I mean, oh, it's good stuff. That, I love that. And there's been all these memes with all these characters. Like, um, where there was an episode where Charlie in uh, It's Always Sunny talks about going in the pipes and things, and it's like Luigi. Why Luigi likes being a plumber? Right. <laughs> oh like, my goodness. It's great. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, also Princess Peach. I think she can nail she, that. I mean, she's yeah. delightful. I'm, I'm a fan. And I think she's of all the characters. Princess Peach probably has the most dialogue in any of these games. So perfect. There we are. Uh, we then get Jack Black as Bowser. Why not? Booming voice. He's an angry weirdo dinosaur thing. Is he, uh, is he, is he going to sing a la the uh, Tenacious D? <laughs> I would love it. I want to, I want a Mario musical. Uh, yeah. yeah right. And then we get, uh, this is funny. Keegan, Michael key. Uh, as Toad, which they actually then put Toad's voice doing the AAA Ron skit. Absolutely hilarious. Genius. Uh, Fred Armisen uh, doing. Uh, what is he doing? Fred Armisen. 
Uh, oh, they don't say who he's actually going to be. Kevin Michael Ooh. Richardson, he's uh, a voice, another voice actor. Sebastian Maniscolo. Oh, they're playing Comic, Kamek, Cranky Kong, and Spike. And then the actual voice of uh, of Mario, Charles Martinet, will be in this movie as well. Probably doing some like just one-off voices or a cameo, kind of like Stanley. Um, but I did hear that Danny DeVito is going to be Yoshi, which I think is hilarious too. Well, yeah, you put Charlie Day and Danny DeVito together. So this is fun. I assume this is probably knowing animated stuff. Eighteen months out, two years. Uh, they actually have a date. That was one of the oh, things they said. Yes, please. Dece- December twenty first, twenty twenty two. So this is a holiday oh, film. Not bad. A little over a year. That's fun. That's absolutely. Fun. I, yeah, I'm, to- I'm, to- I'm totally on board. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and and this is part of Nintendo finally actually marketing their characters, putting things out. We've got the Mario Park at Universal Studios in Japan. It's coming to the states as well. So I think Nintendo is on the cusp of really marketing their their characters because they just haven't done much after that Mario movie, and then there was the Mario cartoon with Doctor Lou, oh, Captain Lou Albano, too. So. That girls just want to have fun. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So that is the first story, Charlie. We got another one yeah. that is we've talked about. Now, you and I have both fallen off Doctor Who. I think yeah. I'm a bigger fan than you are. You like the I, show, but you fall I, off yeah. it. Yeah. I just I just don't have a, a ton to say about this, but so you go right ahead. Yeah, so a big part of this se- last uh, couple of seasons with the Doctor is um a lot of people have just been kind of like and I, even you and I'm like are anybody excited about this show anymore? There's no buzz. There, no it's, buzz. it's quiet. It's had two seasons, and it just seems like there's just not much there. Um, and this show, Doctor Who, it started with a new showrunner at the same time as a new Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, and three companions, and then a new master. And they're like, and they also said they weren't going to do any like classic Who villains. So all of these things have kind of led up to a Doctor Who who the cards are against, unfortunately, in the fact that not only that, she's a woman. So um, not that she hasn't done a great job. I just think the source material, the lack of ability to focus on a doctor and a companion has yeah. really been to the detriment of this show. And she is getting one more season. She's going to have the same showrunner. And they are reducing the number of companions. So maybe she'll go out on a high note. But I don't want people to think the only reason why this show isn't working is because it's a woman or people are, are mad because it's a woman. I think there's a lot of things that are more complex about it. Sure. There's a bunch of angry nerds that are saying my doctor can't be a woman. Cause I think that's silly and dumb, but Oh, well, uh, but the good right. news is mm. if you are a fan of who from, I would say a lot of people would say the golden years of the latest, uh, series and seasons is, um, we've got Russell T Davies, who was essentially the second, I believe, showrunner uh, for the rebooted Doctor Who. Uh, so, oh, sorry. He was not the, he was, it was, the Russell T. Davies relaunched Doctor Who, then it was Stephen Moffat, and then it was right. Chris Chubnall. So basically, right, this right. is the guy that revamped Doctor Who into being relevant again. Uh, 2005 to 2010, so Christopher, Christopher Eccleston yeah. and then I mean, David so that, Tennant. That's a very important sign, obviously. If, if you feel that the, the buzz is gone and nobody's paying attention, uh, if you circle back to somebody who obviously was able to to spark that in the first place, there's there, there does stand that much better of a chance of lightning striking twice, uh, which is a real thing because I learned that from Back to the Future. Uh, did I? I don't know. But anyway, it's it's possible. I I, re- I I did read that that was debunked. That lightning can't strike twice. So they ha- they have a chance. 
I, I, sure, why not? Put enough uh, metal metal uh, <laughs> spikes someplace, and I bet it'll happen. Why not? Oh Charlie, goodness. go outside, put out some metal spikes, and see. doing a science experiment, Mr. Ben Franklin. I am all set, but thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate it. Yeah. So along with this, they're saying why we should be encouraged because of Russell T. Davies coming back. Strong season-long story arcs. I really thought they did some fantastic story arcs that really covered some great territory. Doctor Who really didn't do that in the past, and they really brought that forward. And we saw that continue to be a thing through uh, pretty much all the rest of the Doctor. So uh, if this happens, that could be pretty cool. Um, I mean, and we had some very classic storylines that happened during his run. Uh, Torchwood could come back, which was basically created. It was a second. It was basically a second group that investigated the supernatural and things like that. Uh, Doctor uh, or uh, Captain Jack Harkness was created as part of that, um, and that's kind of been in the the background for a while. Uh, they're also right. talking about um, you know kind of re-exploring humanity being a huge villain versus always being a different alien. So maybe that's where we could look at ourselves as our own problem. Right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, more standalone focus on the companions. I think that's key. You can't have 80, 18 companions. So then you truly get to know none of them. They don't right. develop strong relationships. And then they are thrown out. Basically, then you're like, I don't really have anything. I don't have, a, um, I guess, any stakes in these characters. Yeah, you don't have a dog in yeah. the fight. Yeah, absolutely. No, I yeah, so I, I think this could be a big deal with having more of a trimmed down uh, cast and really delving and creating that relationship, which is so important with the, uh, the companion of the doctor. Um, and then lastly, uh, this is important because Russell T Davies is, is um, he's a gay man and he really brought in the fact that doctor who could cover LGBTQ mm-hmm. and they, they feel like that is something they could continue to experience. Um, obviously since he left, they had other companions who were gay, Bill, companion with Capaldi was gay and that was a big mm-hmm. part of that show as well. So, I mean, these are all good things. Well, there's no doubt that, yeah, if your entertainment doesn't speak to the, the gauntlet of the human experience then it's leaving something out. So yeah, I think that that's very important. So that's good. Yeah. So more to come. I mean, we have got obviously this Jody Whitaker's season will probably, I think it's probably going to be one of those like new year's day events, which will kick yeah. off the next season. Gotcha. So we'll probably get her season next season in 2022. And then I don't think we'll get anything new maybe until mid-2023 with a new season. I don't know. Who knows? COVID makes things crazy. It was going to say, you know, it's evergreen. It's like, you know, like James Bond. There's always going to be – there'll always be a morning after, like that old song said. So, uh, but anyway, well, cool. Well, moving on. um, Yeah, this is is a bittersweet one. And and, and I get, you know, you can absolutely see both sides of it, but you can also – get a feeling of kind of where things go so uh ownership rights of its heroes at stake marvel sues the families of stan lee steve ditko and others so disney is going to court on marvel's behalf the the corporation is suing the families of uh, the likes of stan lee steve ditko don heck larry lieber and gene the dean colon to prevent them from claiming copyrights on a slew of marvel characters iron man uh, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, uh, Thor, Black Widow, and etc. cetera. Uh, a lot of complicated machinations going on, but again, a lot of those folks uh, back in the day, and I know, Todd, this was originally your story, um, uh, spurned from, uh, it, it makes mention of here, uh, the legendary Marvel method where authors and artists collaborated on creating um, does end up working in their favor, because because it's a little bit more work for hire. And again, Todd, you shared this initially, so 
Go ahead, please. Yeah, I mean, this involves uh, family members of Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Don Rico. I'm not sure who he is. Don Heck, Larry Lieber, yeah. Gene Colan. I mean, these yeah. are these are people that have, I think all passed. Yeah. Um, and so they aren't there to actually take advantage of this because typically it's the the, the the person who did it or their families like that can go and sue them. So right. the, the, the extent of this lawsuit is basically saying copyright law has always existed to say after a certain amount of years mm-hmm. that the, the characters essentially no longer are owned by a corporation. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's why Just, Sherlock Holmes no longer is owned by right. a company. It's, it's uh, why you've seen nonstop Dracula movies from the end of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Disney is the one, though, that changed the game. Mm-hmm. They basically have been able to push back and say it's it's longer or something like that. And essentially, Disney has essentially killed copyright, you know, uh, ending. Uh, and right. essentially, we are going to own these characters in perpetuity, which in a way, I totally get it because you put all the work in, in, in all those right. things. But right, ultimately, exactly. yeah. So but ultimately, it comes down to. Think of James Bond. Think of James Bond if you went to the the uh, the, yeah. the, the zeitgeist. Would he, he yeah, still be he a good Fleming. character any longer? Because there's no creative control. It's basically anything happens. Of course, the creative control would be, well, if you put out a crappy movie, it's going to fail and nothing happens. That's why that's, most that's, Sherlock Holmes films are good, I would yeah, say, that, or at least decent. That's the creative control is people yeah. people speaking with their wallets. Exactly. If, if you put out, you know, the next James Bond movie comes out in a couple of weeks. We already got our tickets. Uh, and if it's terrible... Uh, and then, you know, this is the, the end of uh, Daniel Craig and there's a lot of controversy and it was delayed this and that. Uh, and if there's a resounding lack of interest and people don't see it, that's how that's spoken upon. Exactly. But that's not where we're at with Marvel. I mean, Shang-Chi, for example, has revived the post-COVID box office. You Absolutely. Know, they, it just hit $200 million, which sounds like nothing. And but it surpassed every- Black Widow, right? Yeah, but it's everything right now, exactly. And and it's done that it's done that by stealing back a traditional model of box office business, not the hybrid model that Black Widow and so and, and all of the Warner Brothers films this year have done. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a big deal. It, it's an interesting situation because and and it, we did have this discussion in the group and and I totally get it. It's like I'm not I'm not dumb. I know that l- contracts are pretty strong. It's the way it was. And they say, well, they agreed to a contract. I'm like, well, that's like saying I have two choices and they're both the same. And if I want to work in an, if I wanted to work in the comic industry when these gentlemen did, where else could they go? Yeah. Right. Could they even debate their, their rate? Because essentially there's more people want to work in the comic book industry than there are jobs, especially Marvel and right. DC. Right. And of course. essentially there was no, Bar- there's no union. There's no one to bargain these rates. There's no one to do it. And DC and Marvel could essentially uh, collaborate and say, we think the rate should be two bucks a page. And that's it. And that's all they're going to offer. And it's like, if you don't want it, I've got Guy Bartendo down the street who will draw me uh, Doctor Strange and he'll be happy to take two bucks a page. Right. And exactly. so it's a scenario. I totally get it. It's I'm not saying it's fair. And I think people have to understand mm-hmm. it's not fair. And Marvel has made how much money off of these creators creations. Oh, my God. And yeah, and, exactly. and very rarely do they even credit them well. So it's not even right. that. So um, so I get it. Um, totally get it. It just becomes a scenario just like the NFL. The NFL now is starting to take care of players medical bills once they've retired but they have a union so it's like it's almost like you hear all these horror stories about all these creators that are like barely scraping by have no insurance all these bad things are happening to them it's like but disney's making billions it's like there's got to be a happy meeting where they could say 
we represent what you brought to the table and we want to give something back, whether it's like a creative creators fund, let's say we're going to take care of you. We're going to do something for you, give you a small stipend or something, or, 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 or make sure you weren't on the street right. and starving while we're making billions of dollars. So that's part of the change. Now there was a, uh, a court case with uh, Jack Kirby's family where he's the most famous, you know, he was partner with Stanley and created hand in hand with Stanley created these characters, but right. essentially didn't have the same sweetheart deal that uh, Stan Lee did. And he apparently they settled out of court with an unclosed uh, disclosed amount of money uh, with his family. Right. Um, and apparently there was also a similar case with uh, Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster from mm-hmm. uh, Superman uh, as well. And I, I am curious though, with Charlie, I think it would be interesting. Uh, Captain America was created by Jack Kirby before Marvel comics existed. It was, t- was it, who did was he? it? I can't remember. He, oh yeah, he did. He was the original creator, along with uh, Joe Simon, I believe, uh, was uh, the writer. I'm I'm looking it up because I'm drawing a blank. Jack Kirby and Joe Simon nailed it. You got it, buddy. And and like 20 years before Marvel existed. Or yeah, in, yeah, in the in the 40s, it was contemporaneous with the events of World War II. That's how the character came into Genesis. You're correct. Yeah. So it's so it's a weird one. So I would say it's like okay, well, Marvel didn't exist, so it's it's all things. So, but long story short. Uh, there's a lot of controversy with this lawyer who's actually trying to sue Disney. I, I know nothing about that. I, I, I would hope, though, maybe Disney comes around and says to kind of derail these lawsuits and say, we're going to do better by the creators who made these awesome characters. You know, I mean, how right. many characters have they been using on the screen? Maybe 20 handful, mm-hmm. you know, that sure. are meaningful characters. Right. Find those creators and just say, you know what? We want to say thank you. Do we want to make thing. you things a little better. I bet those creators would be damn happy to have something rather than nothing and spend a lot of money on legal fees. I mean, you're asking, you're asking a corporation to do the right thing. So I think we know where that's going. Absolutely. The happiest place in the world. Yeah, exactly ah, I right. hate you. Oh, <laughs> it's my money. All right. Moving on. You got, you got kind of a, a three punch here. So go ahead, please. Yeah. So Netflix had their big event called Tadum, which is their Tadum. It's which I love that. It's just like you know, Dum-dum. here it is. Our most right. famous thing is our sound. Um, yeah, so they had a big event talking about what's coming on Netflix. So we'll go through these pretty quickly. It was a live event. They had interviews. They had all these things. But the the meat of this is the shows that are coming out about this. So Charlie, we're getting Red Notice, which is uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot. I'm in. Shit, bang, bang, bang. No, that, yeah, it's like that, a that. heist, hitman, yeah. all this kind of crazy things. So it's going to be a Netflix film. So lower your right. Lower your bar for equality because the writing's probably not that great. Bring but. it on down. And then uh, Don't Look Up is, uh, my God, is that Meryl Streep? Who is it? It, yeah, is. it is Meryl Streep. My goodness, Meryl Streep on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, a stacked cast including, uh, what did it say, her, Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande. So it just it sounds like it's uh, a rocking good time. And is this a this is an Adam McKay joint? So it's yeah, wild apocalyptic setup, which puts some of Hollywood's biggest names at the mercy of a comet headed straight towards Earth. I'm in. Sounds it's a like comedic fun. deep impact. Right, exactly. Uh, and like I said, uh, Super Crooks is next. Yeah, uh, so this yeah, is this based one? on a comic book from Mark Millar uh, and Francis Yu. Small Time Crooks, this is animated. Uh, other than that, don't know much about it. I don't see anything even about a cast. Um, but it it sounds like it's villains. Uh, superpowered high story about eight superpower villains. More, 13 episodes for 30 minutes. More heist. And then last in the new stuff, and then we get into a string of renewals, is The League of Legends. 
Uh, this is a video game, Todd. So again, that's you. <laughs> yeah, League of Legends is like it's just this weird property where it's like really they they've got all these characters, but nobody knows anything about them. So they decided that they're like, hey, let's tell some stories with these characters, which is cool if you want to know these characters. And this is all it is. It's just basically uh, animated series to basically focus on some of the main characters of League of Legends to basically build up that brand. November twentieth. Uh, there we go. Totally awesome. And then we're getting renewals for, I'm just going to blast through these, uh, The Umbrella Academy, Old Guard, and Nola Two Holmes. is getting a sequel. Yeah. I never saw the first one. Oh, my goodness. And Nola Holmes was fun. I remember. Really oh, yeah. I like that, that one. one. Yeah. And then we've got the one-two punch. We did post trailers for Strange New Things and Cobra Kai. Strange New back. Things? I think you got Strange New Things on the brain, my friend. Strange Things. What is the new? Why Stranger Things. Strange New Things. Oh, no. I, I, you're thinking of uh, the, the what's the Star Wars or Star Trek show? Strange, oh, strange, worlds. strange worlds. Well, you, you know, combine them all into a, a ball Sunday, of stuff. On a Sunday when I record both podcasts, yes, it does have. But yeah, Stranger Things season four, Cobra Kai also season four, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, both of those trailers are out there now. They both look awesome. The Stranger Things is doing kind of a uh, prequel sequel kind of deal. So they're flashing back to prehistory, and then we we flash forward to our gang in in their present, which is the 1980s. So uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like in Stranger Things it looks like Hawkins had some weird stuff going on before the portal wasn't even opened, yeah, which is exactly. kind of interesting because we open up with right. the family in the fifties and then right. you open up the, the bad things happen and then the kids are going to this house. So that's kind of right. neat how they're building on the mythology, which is kind of exactly. fun. I and like Cobra like Kai, that. you know, everybody's, everything's coming together. I don't know. Right. I think we're getting five seasons this show. So four okay. is kind of like bridging the two houses together. And then, there's probably going to be the ultimate war. Yeah. 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 I think there's probably going to be some strife between the two styles, but oh, yes. it'll be fun. The show is all about the awkward and the weird and it's, it's just really fun. I love Cobra Kai. I agree. Yes. Yeah, so we've got the worst Halloween costumes of 2021. Charlie, we're going to go through these very fast, but these are great. These are like the ones you see at like Halloween express where they don't get, they don't have the copyright. So they just call them something else but you can tell what they are. So we'll go through these very quickly, but we'll do these one. Uh, you hit one, I'll hit one, the next, and, and we'll, we'll make sure we get these. So the first one is Dami Matrix. So the Dominatrix, but with the Matrix. So very good. Be sexy and be Neo. Oh, my goodness. I'll be your guide, Sexy Safari. Don't want to know where that night ends. It's just it's like Jumanji, safari. isn't it? That yeah. looks like oh. the girl from Jumanji. My yeah. God. Then we've got Mean One. So we've got a Sexy Grinch. There's no such thing as a Sexy Grinch. I take a hard pass on that. Uh, what what a doll, sexy movie character costume! If you have sexual desires for uh, a stitched together horror movie doll, knock yourself out. It's Sally from the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's what I was looking for. There you go. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Oh, next? I love this. So then we've got Infinity Space Warrior. So we've got sexy guy Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> no, uh, I couldn't pull that off. I guess not. Dangerous Little Mouse. It is some kind of Mickey Mouse ninja with a bustier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like Mortal Kombat and Mickey Mouse had a baby. Then we got Cruel Madam, which is Cruella DeVille. <laughs> that, 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 that fits the bill for somebody. Uh, Haunting Hottie is simply what they call a union suit. You can buy one in Target uh, with a ghost face on it. So very It's haunting. a hoodie dress, Charlie. Uh, a, you can pick a, one up at your favorite store. It's a hoodie dress. This next, oh. one, is not, this next one is not a dress. Avenging Assassin. Let me just tell you, it's uh, Black Widow. Uh, I think it's more revealing than her normal costume. So there you go. Black Widow in heels fighting I crime. So uh, super sexy Velma from Scooby-Doo is next. 
Uh, oh my goodness. That's, that's, that's not a costume. <laughs> that's, um, that's going to result in some bad choices made by a lot of different people. So let's pass. Speaking of. Oh my goodness. We have fab in the lab, sexy cartoon character costume. We've got a sexy Dexter. <laughs> a sexter. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Uh, this next one, this is great for you, Todd, uh, monster slayer, which is, uh, your witcher. Absolutely. That's when you can't awesome. pay for the fee, you can look like I can look like Gerald Charlie. Get that awesome wig. Look I'll be that. fantastic. Well, nothing sexier than whatever the hell's going on here next, Todd. A fawn cropped hoodie with antlers. So I guess you're a sexy Bambi. Uh, sure. I like it. Nobody's fool jester costume for the guys. You can show off your uh, uh, flipped Harley Quinn. Uh, and not a, not enough much left to the imagination, but I know I couldn't fill it out. It's a peekaboo. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, then we got poisonous babe, which is poison ivy. Uh, uh, gotta love that. Awesome. Uh, feline felon villain. What makes her a felon? Is it the, why is does it the, she have a sparkly costume? <laughs> that's that. Maybe that's the villainous part, Tide. You really can't attribute. Uh, yourself yeah, that cr- that costume is committing a crime, Charlie. Oh, here we go. This is perfect. Uh, Todd, go ahead. Naughty nerd, suspenders, and a bow tie. So be, uh, be Urkel. He is smuggling something. Uh, super hottie. This would be a riff on Wonder Woman, but it's there's a there's a web belt with it, and uh, they, she kind of looks like Khloe Kardashian. So next, and no oh. logo. Yeah. And oh. No logo. <laughs> then we get dead assass- assassin. So this is your Deadpool dead, right. with uh, with uh, fishnet stockings. Uh, sexy, but not too sexy. That's great. And then finally we, oh, that was it. I get, when you click to 21, it's just an ad. So that was 20 sexiest costumes. So, uh, my advice to you, young people listening to our advice, uh, don't buy any of these. No, no. It's bad news. We'll revisit this. I'm sure with some more that are just less sexy. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know the intent of this article is to be all about sexy costumes. So right. Regardless. Yeah. Let's make Halloween less sexy, please. My, my, my. All right, moving on. Uh, that's about it, Todd. So it takes us out of the news. Uh, so we got to hail down that Uber, punch it up in your app. Hopefully uh, we're at low uh, low rates this time of day and get ourselves over to the Geek Easy uh, for some cheap libations and talking about our geek loving. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, the cover band's playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Oh my goodness, it's the season of stuff. We've got lots to talk about, what we've been the watching, reading, oh, yes. or uh, enjoying. Uh, so very quickly, uh, Star Wars Visions dropped in a very non-Disney Plus fashion. All of their episodes I on know. Wednesday. And we're, they're weird little vignettes. They're like 15 minutes each. So it's not a, a program per se, uh, though it's really just a little shorter than you what might expect from like a minute usual like TV programmer. I mean, gosh, I guess even that's an old, old kind of a outmoded way of thinking about stuff. Um, but yeah, these were like 15 minutes each. Or certainly the first one was because... Todd, you saw the first one. I saw the first one. I did. I, yeah, I've, I've got to nail the rest of them so that Mark and I can talk about them. But uh, yeah, I mean, what you think? So uh, the whole premise is this is uh, nine individual episodes with a complete story in each episode by a different creative team. It's all animated with Japanese studios. Um, and the first one was I'm not sure if they they are not 
all American or, or English voice acted, but at least the first one was. Maybe there's an, a, a Japanese dialogue track. But in this one, it was essentially a very classic Japanese tale of a ronin, which is basically, it's a samurai without a master, similar to the way the Jedis were created to be kind of those uh, samurais. Uh, basis Lucas watching all the Kurosawa films. So this was a tale about that, and basically this Roman shows Ronan shows up at this village. The uh, the the um the, the stormtroopers show up, kind of like, and I got the president thought that this is post Return of the Jedi because they talked about this is what's post uh the the big war. So we've got these right. kind of stormtroopers doing whatever the hell they want in this like right. the the Jawa land cruiser going right. by, and they they attack this village, and it was really just about this. Uh, Ronan, who finally steps up after this village, tries to defend itself. It goes horribly wrong, and then we get I, I, assuming it's a Jedi versus a Sith Lord. Right, but you end yeah. up with the two red lightsabers, so you don't... There's just there's, I have to watch it again. I didn't really draw... There were little... But again, yeah, you had, you had, you know, like an R2 unit that was... looked very, very Japanese with the different... with the the bamboo and the different stuff. I mean, I hate if I'm misspeaking myself. I apologize. But then, yeah, everything was everything was Star Warsy, but w- but it was with that you know kind of ancient Japanese touch. Um, and then we finally came out of the final analysis that this is not uh, this is not canon. So these are really original stories. Correct, uh, or, but they are going to have like that. but they are going to have like novels and things based on them too. So this is a very weird track for Disney to say, um, everything's going to be canon. Ah, just kidding. This one's not going to be, but we're going to do more content based on it. So it feels like a what if, but maybe not so much in a different way. Uh, but I will say I loved the art style. It was definitely different. It felt like it was a manga, like a comic almost in the black and white fashion with some color and the, the, uh, the, the motion, the action was really cool. And there was a really cool twist at the end, which I thought that's pretty awesome, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, just, uh, and I've heard some of these episodes are hit and miss. I don't know yet. Um, I've watched a lot of anime, so my tolerance is probably going to be higher than others. But yeah, I totally get it. There's there's probably some tropes that are probably not going to be for everybody. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. So yeah, um, we will see. And again, I have to knock those out between now and uh, the end of the day on Tuesday uh, because I'm recording with Mark. So. I, I don't know. And again, it, it's not my forte, so I might not have uh, an educated opinion. But the thing is, and what you and I talked about about this, that it's just important for Star Wars to branch out, to do some different things and find ways to reach different audiences. So this is certainly a way to do that. Yeah. So I'm really cool. Glad they're doing it. I would like to watch more of these episodes. And I hope this does push Disney to do more and more cool things with the properties. But uh, moving on to something that is a little bit more simpler to talk about. That is what if... Uh, episode six um and i think charlie the the first fun episode (laughs) oh yeah this one was this one was like such a like trope of uh this is like the teen comedy where parents are gone we're having a party and then we have to clean up before mom gets home that's exactly this present premise it's all about what if thor was a only sibling so it's got the spoiled child loki was actually given back to the frost giants which was kind of fun and it, that's not there's not much to the show i mean you did have a huge one of the cool things you did have a huge battle between spoiled thor had trying to have parties without any uh without any um i guess uh, he just wanted to have a good time boys just want to have fun you know trying to spoil my fun you party pooper that yeah, was the right. premise and they even gotta- r- even ran in there with the famous party pooper uh chant from what the hell was that father of the bride 
Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. But it was it was funny because you did get a huge battle between uh, Captain Marvel and Thor, which we hadn't seen before, which was entertaining. And that was fun. Um, yeah. And uh, we got to see Loki as a frost giant, which was kind of cool. And I, I will say, I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode. It was so much fun. It was goofy. You got to see all these characters just having a good time. Howard the Duck made a return appearance. Um, but Charlie, what'd you think of the very end of the episode, the twist? The twist? Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, is this going to escape me? Because I just watched it the one time. You had a combination of Ultron and then ostensibly Vision packed in with the Infinity Stones. So that ostensibly is very terrifying, but we also didn't get provided any context of what that's supposed to look like. So very scary, probably not going to work out. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of nutso. Yeah, and I think that's my biggest problem with this episode, maybe a bigger part of what if. I don't know how they're all coming together. And ultimately, there was no indication of what led up to this. So it's kind of like, okay, great. I mean, at this point, they could have thrown anything out there. I mean, and said, okay. So I'm like, hmm, so what led to this? Thor having a good time led to this reality? So it just seemed like the the whole pension of what if without the right story control could just seem like, and then this happened. It could be like a fifth, fifth, a five-year-old writing a Marvel story. And then this happened and then this happened. And then a pickle came out and destroyed the universe. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, that, that's, that, that sounds absolutely correct. Yeah. So, I like it. So did we finally make a determination how many episodes there truly are? Cause every episode we, we say we, there's we, either we, nine or 10 or eight. We did, we did but it's not, uh, uh, now I can't remember a number of episodes. Is it, is it nine? Uh, seven. I think it's nine. Does that mean no? It says this says this says seven. Um, but what does it say over my? Well, but at any rate, uh, okay. Well, this this will have this is. This I've got another one that says ten it, episodes. It, it, it ends on October sixth, which is two more episodes. So it'd be eight, right? So that would be eight. So the yeah, when you punch it on Wikipedia, when it brings it up, it gives you the wrong information. So click through to um, we'll know when it's over. <laughs> you'll know, yeah, concluding on October sixth. There you go. So we're gonna call it. Uh, we're gonna call it that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Good stuff. So I'll, I'll go quickly. Um, we went to the movies as we always do, uh, and we saw on Friday kind of a weird one, not exactly genre, but this was called "The Tears of Tammy Faye," and it was about the. Uh, life and times of the PTL network, the Praise the Lord network, which reigned in the 1970s and 1980s of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, uh, who were uh, Christian broadcasters and uh, television preachers, uh, making their millions, funneling their millions into projects, funneling their millions into their home with gold-plated fixtures and gold fixtures and different stuff. And all the why uh, this woman... Tammy Faye, again, told through her eyes, Tammy Faye played by the the fantastic Jessica Chastain, uh, Jim Baker being played by the equally, fan, well, fantastic-ish, uh, not the best Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> Andy Garfield, um, and kind of telling this story. But again, it's all kind of told through her eyes. We see her from when she's young uh, all the way up through uh, getting all of this started uh, and then what her life turned into uh, in the aftermath after everything collapsed. So this one definitely gets a high nod. Uh, I would recommend uh, checking this out. I think this, this would be fun. Todd, you said you had interest in this. I, I do. I just I just find these type of 
call it docudramas, whatever you want to call them. The it's kind of like they really hype up the uh, drama, but these people were dramatic people. Their lives are crazy. The scandals and uh, did they talk all about when Tammy did that like weird talk show with Jim J. Bullock? No, definitely got skipped because that was, was like that was like an early two thousands thing. It's like she had a really weird transition in career she, she outside did, of Jim and Baker, she, and she was in. And I read because he went to prison. Uh, oh, yeah. obviously in the in the late 80s but i um because they they ended the movie in 1994 which was nice she oh, died okay two, she died in 2007 so they didn't really cover uh the rest of the film um but it, it kind of gave a nice you know cap to kind of the end the, the end of her story or at least how the film wanted to portray it of where she ended up but um yeah there are certainly a lot of details left out um but yeah this kind of um this kind of showed that you know it kind of showed the ugly side without a doubt. So it's um it's interesting uh, and I would highly recommend it. Um, and I would say I would say that about the final thing that I'm I'm going to talk about. And again, I, I think I've touched on this before, uh, but American Horror Story, which Todd and I both follow. Todd, how have you been watching this season? I completely forgot about the show. I watched the the whatever the minis or whatever the, yeah, the, the standalones, the, the but I've been yeah, yeah. I, I if, and and depending on what you say. I will probably check it out. I, I would recommend it. It's definitely it's a quasi vampire tale. Uh, doesn't have anything to do with aliens. Like if you bring it up on Hulu, you see a vampire making out with an alien, and we haven't gotten there yet. And when I say yet, this was uh, episode six of what I'm assuming is ten, uh, so a little bit over a half. But it was weird when April and I were sitting in the movies as we. Oh sorry. Oh golly, I had that cup of coffee. That's my fault. Uh, as April and I were sitting in the movies, as we often do, they're doing their pre-roll and all their promotional stuff, and they're talking about this season of the show being split into two halves. And the first half of it is well, it's like a Stephen King novel. It's a you know, it's a sleepy town in New England, uh, and some you know, uh, uh, it was a writer, his young daughter, and his pregnant wife uh, go there for the winter so that he can write. And it's like, well, that's The Shining. Right Seems there. legit. Yeah, it absolutely seems like a great idea. And it just turns into a horror show. So this wrapped it up in a way that was pretty unexpected. Um, but the second portion of the season is supposed to have elements of something that happened as a prequel in the same setting. Um, so that that is what this little TV movie or this little TV preview that we saw before the movies made it look like. Um, so I'll be looking forward to seeing that next week. I think this is a Thursday show. Um, so we will we will see what happens. But yeah, I thought it was I mean, these are all great and horrible and nothing ever nothing good ever really comes out of it. Um, so if you enjoy that uh, and the horror of seeing, you know, blood sucking, uh, bl- you know, you know, p- people shaving their teeth down so they can drink blood. Uh, this is definitely for you. So feel free to tune in. That's a small demographic then. <laughs> it, it might be bigger than you think because they still make they still keep making the show uh yeah we'll see i really enjoyed the last season so um which was a definitely a pivot from the previous ones where it was just like i think they decided to have fun again and are they having fun charlie that's all i want to know they having fun uh, uh you know what they, 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 and again it's a very it's a very subjective matter so i can't really answer that well question. are you having fun i i'm having fun Okay, so then I will check it out and uh, see where that t- takes me when I get back on the elliptical because I did get back on the elliptical again. So that allows me you, to watch more stuff. You do it. Make it so. All right. Well, that is it for the Geek Easy this week. But, folks, it's now time to start off the season for Chillographies. Shocktober is back, and we have one place to go, and we celebrate that, and that's the Thunderdome. 
Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, it's a topic, and it's one of our favorite times of the year, and that is Shocktober. It's week one. Charlie, we have our list of movies where we're selecting it. There might be some changes, but uh, we decided to watch, uh, well, I pick, it was my pick, so it was yes, uh, a new movie uh, that came out in actually 2020, Freaky. Uh, this movie is on HBO Max now, if you want to watch it, or you can probably get it on demand, however you want to do it, buy it, however you want. Uh, but this is a uh, new movie that stars Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, and Celeste O'Connor directed by Christopher Landon. And the premise is, after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Ooh, and it was through some some voodoo magic, or actually it was Mayan. It was Mayan magic. Correct. That's what it was. Correct. Yeah, when, when he, uh, and this was, uh, holy cow, this was this was a great movie for, was this a direct-to-video, I'm assuming? It like was. A, like I, a, I don't think there was any theatrical because at the time, I mean, nothing there was, was coming there, out. Yeah, there, 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 there was no, there was no theatrical. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so this is um, a different type of movie in in the sense because they took a classic trope mm-hmm. and just basically Fre- played around. So it's Freaky right. Friday, right? But then you've got a girl who was being attacked by the serial killer. I can't forget what his name was. The specific name of the serial killer was. Uh, It was was just Vince Vaughn. That's all you need to know. Okay. Vince Vaughn. Uh, And then uh, he was about to kill her. He had, he'd killed some in the opening. He goes and kills these kids. at The beginning, he gets this knife, which is called Los Dulas. Dallas? Dulas? Yeah, that sounds about right. Ladona. Ladona. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, And then he goes to kill her. He stabs her. And you see as he's doing it, it looks like an Incan, like, uh, sacrificial throne. The the moon comes over and he stabs her. As he does it, he also gets hurt. And then he walks away and runs away. And that's the premise of the movie. So basically, it's Freaky Friday. But you've got uh, basically a serial killer in a... 17 year old girl's body and then you've got a 17 year old girl in a serial killer's body and the hijinks ensue i like i like ensuing hijinks i'm i am all about it so yeah this was good this was a gross out on the same level as um what the hell was it the fear street that we watched yeah absolutely 94 where you had you know the the one poor girl's uh head got put in that and the fear street got put through the the deli slicer but yeah and this it was it was poor cameron aka captain harriman of the enterprise b from star trek generations the shop teacher uh slugging it out with the girl uh and then you know she stabs she oh she stabs him in the neck but it's not good enough for him to die that way so she kicks him backwards and this was the part that i said april i said i don't really know that it would do that the bandsaw cuts him completely in half is that really, you know, is is your average, you know, uh, high school shop class bandsaw really that variety of bone cuttingly sharp? It could be. I mean, it's cutting through wood. I mean, two by fours, they're probably the same consistency as bone. But I mean, it, the human is squishier than a two by four. So it could much, be a little much, bit different. Much squishier. So, yeah, that was that that was certainly I mean, you would say that. Was yeah, there was some death. But yeah, you yeah. had the whole first. Uh, sequence was the very stereotypical and it was kids around a uh, kids are you know rich kids around a rich kid house uh, each dying in a in a horrific way the first kid gets a what a wine bottle shoved down his throat and that explodes or, or something I think and yeah one kid is head ripped off or 
some oh no the tennis the two ends of the tennis racket shoved into his yeah in, some good kills yeah. yeah good kills real good but yeah. yeah that all that all gets jacked and then our uh, our person gets tracked down and uh, yeah this was this was a good slasher up but um, yeah you, you had the the single mom and. I thought it was where the older sister who was the sheriff who lived at home was kind of a weird, weird twist. Uh, I'm uh, guessing that was probably more of a dad, the dad, because there's a lot of fa- family drama in this one. I'm assuming yeah. maybe the, the daughter, the, the cop moved back in to help out because the dad right. died. I'm guessing oh, that was the main in, insight for that. But yeah, this movie, I mean, it did a good job with the, 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 the teenage drama. It did a good job with telling some decent backstory for the characters, but the, twist with having Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I was exactly. telling you, Charlie, I'm like, Vince Vaughn is huge. And I'm like, because, and I'm like, well, he's big for me. Like he is huge. He's six foot five. There's not many actors in Hollywood that are six foot five. Yeah, and he's also yeah, beefy. Yeah. He's not, yeah. he's not, he's, he's kind of thick. So it's not like yeah. he's small dude. So you could kind of believe him picking people up, doing those things. I always think of swingers, but I'm like, no, that was like 20 years ago. He's, he's become kind of well, bigger. Oh, well, oh my God, speaking of swingers, and it got mentioned time and again, we're watching one of the early seasons of The Sopranos right now, and um, John Favreau is in a couple of episodes, and it's this is maybe one or two years past swingers. There's yeah. a guy who has not really taken care of, if you see him as Happy Hogan, and then look at him back then, Wow, there's a there's a guy who needs to eat a salad. You know what I'm saying? Beefy, but not in a good way. He seems to be doing pretty well, though. Yeah. So you know what? Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to give that, him any true. advice. Yeah, take care okay. of yourself, John, so you can make more Mandalorian. But um, but please, I mean, yeah, it, it was uh, it wasn't. You know, we just had Vince. Really, it, this is not a typical Vince movie. Uh, I think he's played a killer before, maybe. But I think, oh yes, he was the killer in Psycho, that remake. But oh right. But he was just playing this one, just so having so much fun trying to be to channel the body of a 17 year old girl, like when he's in the the men's bathroom and sees all the boys stuff that's gross and just the just the comments, the way he runs, the things he says, the things he has to do to convince his friends that he's not really a killer. He's really the 17 year old girl. I thought it was great. And the the same thing juxtaposed the 17 year old girl did a great job of being a hardcore killer but in the body of a girl. So yeah. yeah, it was acting and it was, it, it was, it was a fun slash them up. I'll, I'll agree. Uh, that's a fun way to get it started. It remind, but yeah, the out and out gross humor very much reminded me of fear street. It reminded me of the, uh, I think the babysitter that we watched that was with, uh, uh, Samira weaving, uh, oh, yeah. which, was, mm-hmm. which was also a Netflix production. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I think this, this was a decent way to kick things off. Yeah. And this was a net, this was a, I think it was Warner brothers or universal film actually. So this would have been in the theaters, but the way things happen, it's funny. It's universal, but it's on HBO max. So nothing makes sense anymore how these release, but I mean, um, and you know, I won't give any more spoilers, but of course it has a great twist at the end. Um, and this is probably a one-off. I mean, they could revisit this concept again because the whole conceit is this knife that causes these issues and the knife has not been secured very well. So we'll see what happens if it's, it comes it's, back. It's the egg McGuffin. It's the Jumanji. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this was fun. So, um, Charlie, if you wanted to give it up, you know, because with Shocktober, we do a movie every week. Uh, right. We'll try to visit, like, next week will be, uh, I believe, is going to be The Wicker Man. So we're doing the classic 70s, not the Nick Cage bees version. The bees! Um, if I was to give it, like, one out of ten severed heads, uh, I think for what it was, this was a good seven out of ten severed heads. I would say 7.5 because I just really liked that they took a an old trope and made it fun uh, and right. goofy and gave us an actor who normally doesn't do this type of thing and just really – I mean everybody was just on, in for the ride. So I really enjoyed it. Even the supporting right. cast, like the the, 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 the the gay friend and the black girl. Right. It's like I, he loved it. The one he says, "You're I'm gay, you're black, we're screwed. I'm like, I love it. Just embracing the fun. Good stuff. I love it. Good. All right. So we'll move on to the Wicker Man then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you like this movie, tell us what you thought and uh, hopefully having a good time. You know, we, we love this. We've got four more weeks after this, so it's going to be a good time. There's going to be more horror stuff to talk about. So I hope you enjoy it. And if there is a movie you would like, because I think we've only got two settled on. There's three more to pick. So if there's one that you guys are saying, you yeah, got to see this movie, please me, let us me. know because we do like modern, but we also like classic. So um, let us know. Yes, indeed. Good stuff. Well, all right. Well, Todd, I think that is, uh, as they say, a wrap. Uh, thank you, friends, for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Your money, baby. Money. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.